Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Anthony alongside the best Big Three account <laughs> in the universe, Big Three News, aka Will, live for our first live stream. Doing a live mock draft as we've been advertising. Super excited about this. A lot of great names within the pool. Um, obviously, our first time, as evidenced at, by our tardiness, but we got everything. <laughs> we got everything working. We got the the technology and the mechanics going. So. You know, let's get into it. Will, my guy, how's everything going? Everything's going great, bro. I just feel like I'm so excited that we're here because we waited so long. It was so much talking about like, oh, like, what is it? It's big been like two that? years. What is it going to look like? And but now we're actually finally ready to do this, bro. I, you, I don't know if you could have told me that, you know, mid COVID we'd be here doing this. I don't know. I might have had some doubts, but at the end of the day, we're here. So I'm super excited. Absolutely. So. Before we get going, uh, you know, if you want to find any of the socials, if you haven't found them already, at Fourth Man Pod, at Big Three News, at A underscore Siggy is my personal. Um, if you want to watch the show, or for those who are listening on the podcast version, uh, or in, in need to watch the show later, YouTube.com/slash Fourth Man Pod is where you can find us on YouTube. And for those of you tuning in on Dash Radio, not getting a chance to watch it live, but still tuning into the mock draft, appreciate you guys always on the Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. Let's get into it, Will. Um, I think, you know, people have tuned, people are coming in, people are trickling, and I think they're trickling for our decision making on this mock draft. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, not our faces and just talking. So we got the draft pool lined up there. These are all the names. Obviously, there's a few notable names that were missing on the graphic that I included. So if I missed anybody, I apologize. A couple of people reached out to me and told me that their name wasn't listed on there, which, first and foremost, that uh, should be, you know, more accurately Address. distributed in the draft, right. but uh, if you you know if you don't see your name, I did write a couple of names down there. Uh, Will, first and foremost, what do we think about the draft pool? This is a loaded pool. It feels obviously more loaded than in years past. We got a lot of young guys. I think we got a good mix of young guys and some older guys, some big three veterans. What do we think about the pool right now? Yeah, this is this is a super deep pool. I mean, you look at some of these names. Names jump out to me like you know Jermaine Taylor, David Hawkins, Andre Owens. Those are a meta world piece. These are guys who we've seen be captains and co-captains in the past, mm-hmm. and now they're just in the draft pool. So it's absolutely insane. I know the big three posted about before. They said, you know, who's your title favorite? And I said, I don't think you can have a title favorite right now just because of the amount of talent in this draft pool. If you're able to hit on two picks, you only get two this year, which makes it that much more interesting so if you if you hit on your two picks i think there's no team right now that couldn't become a title contender if you hit on two of your two picks no doubt and i think we should address this a little bit because we haven't addressed this on prior shows enemies did release or the big three did release enemies third co-captain yes our second co-captain third captain in total it is going to be elijah stewart who's going to be the youngest big three captain and enemies is going to have the youngest pair of co-captains in general perry jones at 29 Elijah Stewart at 25, a uh, former USC guy. I've heard We've heard a lot of great things about him. Frank Nitty mentioned it before it was officially announced that kid's tough. Uh, so obviously Nick Young is a USC alum. There's some ties there. I don't know how you know far back they go, but 
Enemy's looking very interesting. And then we also know that Triplets is bringing the whole team back. I guess they will be the only team running with six people. Essentially how I'm assuming that the two of us, or I think the two of us are assuming how this is going to work, is that the first reserve, they're going to have somebody in place. They're not going to have to go out and look for somebody. They have their guy already tied up. So quick captain updates. And yeah, well, this is this is a loaded pool. Like he said, multiple guys who have been captains or co-captains in the past. Uh, I want to get into it, but I, I want to make a couple of disclaimers before we get into this. First off, not affiliated with the league for anyone who is tuning, or, you know, is a first time listener to the fourth man or just now finding out about us tonight. Maybe you're a big three prospect. We're not affiliated with the league. It's just something we've been covering a long time through the pandemic, through the hiatus. We've been doing it. We've been here for everything big three. Um, a lot of these guesses are going to be educated guests based on brief conversations, social media activity, and really just an understanding of the history of how the league goes. You know, oh yeah, it really changes up a lot. Last year we saw the run on big men. I think that's something we talked about through the first round, but Hey, this is now two rounds. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We have no credible sources, just have maybe a little bit more insight than, than the average guy, but not that much more. So a lot of these will be educated guesses. Uh, a lot of this will also be based on what we think will happen. This is not what we want to happen. It's a lot of what we think is going to happen based on some of those things that we've heard throughout the woodworks. Um, so, you know, anybody, I, we're not trying to offend anybody. There's yeah. a lot of guys that we, you know, that we mess with, but unfortunately we just don't think that's how the draft was going to line up, um, whether we like it or not. Uh, and, and, you know, I just want to, I just want to put that out there, you know, more than likely we'll probably be 99% wrong. I think Will and I feel confident maybe about two picks throughout this. Hopefully we'll hit on, so, yeah. hopefully we can hit on five between the two of us. That's, I think that's the goal, <laughs> but I think we're confident about two. So we'll see what happens there. And, Guys, honestly, for any big three prospects tuning in, stay ready because this is a league where you've seen a lot of injury. There's only five guys now through the rotation. And if evidenced by anybody, look at Power last year who had about eight or nine guys who was on their team. It seemed like at once because of all the injuries that they struggled with. Injuries happen, unfortunately. Things come up. Hey, we saw Dusan Balut last year who should have been part of Ball Hogs. And right away, we found out that FIBA was kind of containing him, restricting him from being able to be a part of the big three. So right away, Ball Hobbs had to go to the draft pool. And then unfortunately, Jermaine went down with that Achilles tear. I mean, so they were straight into the draft pool as well, picking up guys. So uh, guys should stay ready at all times. It's a loaded pool and it's gonna be tough to pick from some of those guys. You know, it's, it's gonna be tough to pick from those guys already through the draft process, but even tougher, I think, when a guy goes down, and you're like, hmm, now who should I pick? Uh, Yo, I'll, okay. I'll tell you what, just to even echo what you said, you know, I've had one of the opportunity to meet a ton of big three prospects and a ton of guys whose names are on their on this list and some guys who, who aren't. So, you know, I'm going to try and give my my as, you know, unbiased opinion on who I think is going to be picked. Yes, Not same. every pick I'm going to personally agree with for that team. I think at the end of the day, you look at the number of picks, there's only 20 picks and you look at all the names on this list. There are much more than 20 names who deserve to be in the big three on this list. No doubt. There are going to be some people not picked who I'm going to be absolutely mind-blown about. So like Anthony said, if that's you, if you are tuning in and you know your name is not called that night, just know that you know it doesn't make us any – or if your name isn't called today during this mock draft, that doesn't make us any less of big fans of yours. And we hope that you can take uh, all the opportunity that you can, but it may have to come due to an injury or something else. And 
unfortunately, just in the history of the big three and really all sports in general, I mean, you look at the NBA right now, I think um, I think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to get an opportunity. So exactly what Anthony said, stay ready. Well said, well said. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, like we said, we mess with a lot of guys on here, so we don't want this to come as anything offensive or anything. Full-heartedly support you guys and root for you guys and hoping you get that opportunity, whether it's on draft night, like day one, or it's later in the season. But, you know, as as there's only eight games that are guaranteed throughout the season, there's a lot of incentive to win, as we heard on a couple episodes ago when talking with Frank. So guys are going to be aggressive. It's, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a dogfight all year. So I expect a lot of people to get the opportunity to be able to, you know, show what they're made of, show what they're worth, and ultimately compete for a championship if they're in the right situation. All right, let's get into it. Um, it's a little bit, I guess the format we're really going for here is I'm going to pick my first 10, and then Will's going to pick his first 10 based on what he thinks. And let's just start with it right out the gate with enemies. We talked about a little bit what their captain situation is looking like right now. And got to be honest, Will and I were pretty surprised with who their captain was, not so much because we don't believe in Elijah Stewart, but more so because Swaggy P, the first name that came out of his mouth when Gil offered him the team was Jordan Hill. Well, we know Jordan Hill's in the draft pool. Enemies got number one pick. The situation couldn't have worked out for Nick any better because he gets his guy, his USC guy, and he also gets his former Laker teammate in Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill is going to be our first guy off the board here, at least for my my first round here. And I, I think there will be a couple of agreements that Will and I have. Uh, you know, we'll obviously obviously you'll see it when Will makes this pick. But my first guy is going to be Jordan Hill. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer here that he's number one pick. Big men are really coveted throughout the first round as evidence as last year. And so I think Jordan Hill is going to get a chance to be a part of this revamped enemies team. And I really like the pick because they don't have a big – or I guess I have Perry Jones right now, but they'll have another big, which we've seen is really effective throughout the big three, having two big men, uh, especially side by side there. Okay. So second pick is going to be with Tri-State. And Tri-State's a team that's been up and down. Uh, you know, the first year, three and five. Second year, I think they were five and three. Last year, four and four. So it's been kind of middle of the pack. They made the playoffs year two, had a really good year. And one reason they made the playoffs year two is because they had a they had a lot of guys that are pretty familiar. You're pretty familiar with Jermaine O'Neal, Amari Stoudemire, Nate Robinson. But the MVP of that team was David Hawkins, who just so happens to be back in the draft pool somehow. He was let go of, of Trilogy as they try to revamp their team as well with new captains in place. And David Hawkins is back in the pool. And honestly – I would put David Hawkins as my first pick, as my number one pick. But like we said, we, we know some of the connections that come with picking in the big three. And that's why I think Jordan Hill is going to go first. But I do think David Hawkins is going to return to his old team. And that's in black for some reason, so I'm not sure why. But I do, I do think David Hawkins is going to return to his old team with Tri-State running back with Nate Robinson. And Coach, uh, Coach Dr. J, Coach Dr. J, is that a title that we can have? <laughs> Dr. Uh, Coach. Exactly. So uh, I think David Hawkins is going to run it back with this team. I, I think it's a no-brainer to pick him. He's obviously been an MVP candidate, like I mentioned, year two. And I think it'd be crazy not to pick him. Um, I honestly think he might be one of the best available out here. And like I mentioned, if it wasn't for the connection that we know with Jordan Hill and everything, uh, I would probably put him at number one here. Right. 
moving on, this is where I think it gets a little hard because I think the first two were probably the easiest for me. And in the comments, if people are watching, if for some reason you can't say the names, let me know. I'm not sure why Jordan Hill's name is in white and David Hawkins is in black, but we're going to roll with it for a second. Um, so power, third pick, how how much lucky can they get? So they got the third pick <laughs> in the first round. They are they got the first pick of the second round. They have a strong team already. Uh, a little bit different, Corey Maggette, the, the season two MVP, helped them win the title, did retire after three years in the big three. Katina Mobley, who's been a part of that team since year one, is now going to be the captain and moving into that captain role. Big Baby Davis is going to stay as a co-captain, but their new co-captain was actually the number one pick last year in Royce White. And we know how versatile he is. Um, Nancy Lieberman told us on our on our show that we had with her that he's he's not a good passer. He's a great passer. And so now, now they're on with Catino, Big Baby Davis, and Royce White. This one's a hard one for me, but I know that Power's got such a strong culture, and they're all about team bonding and 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 solidification. Just I basically what I'm saying is I think they got to bring somebody back that they that they're pretty familiar with to a degree. And so I'm gonna go right here. I'm gonna go Jeremy Pargo. Oh, okay. Whose brother Gennaro plays for Triplets, but Pargo played in the last two games. Um, of the big three season, one being in that first that first playoff game and then the big three ball out. It just absolutely came alive. I mean, he was a scoring punch they needed. I think that they're going to have to find a way to try to uh, get that production, that scoring production back that Corey Maggette left or can't build anymore now that he's retired. And I just think they're going to need someone else outside of Tina Mobley to be able to provide that scoring. I think Parga is going to be able to do a good job of that. He he showed in his first game. I mean, I think in the big three ball out of the playoffs, dropped like 16 right off the bat, looked really good alongside the squad they had. Um, I think they have some good size right now with Big Baby and Royce White, and I think they can add add to that. But I think it'd be hard to not go with a guy that you're familiar with. I had a tough time picking between him and Julian Wright because I felt like they brought so much to the table for power, but I'm going to go with Pardo here with my three spot. Um, well, I think that's fair, Anthony, you know, because I think Pargo, Julian Wright was obviously, he was much more available to them, but Pargo was playing in the NBA two years ago. So, yeah. you know, if to be honest with you, you know, um, Julian Wright has been playing overseas and he has been good. And I do expect Julian Wright to get picked at some point in this draft, but uh, man, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting. And Jordan brings up a great point here. You know, uh, I definitely could have. Yeah, you absolutely could have picked Julian Wright. But in my opinion, you know, Pargo in the limited time that we saw, it's like it's a high risk pick. This kind of is because Pargo in his limited run was electric for them, and mm-hmm. he was on Golden State very recently. So I I I I, I agree with the choice that you made. I just like I think that Julian Wright does a little bit. I guess more of the intangibles. He's more of the the glue or energy guy. Yeah. I look at Pargo as a guy that you can go to uh, as a little bit more of that scoring punch. That's a little bit more reliable. That's not saying anything that Julian Wright can't can't create his own shots or score his own buckets one on one. I I just from what we saw last year, I feel like Pargo um, just kind of came in. He was really aggressive, whether it was getting to the getting to the cup or it was uh, outside on the perimeter. And so I'm going to go with Pardo there. It's a little bit, like you said, a high-risk pick. We don't really see a lot of guards go early. At least we didn't last draft in 2019, almost of last year. Um, but I think that power does go with someone familiar there. So I'm going to go with Pardo. Um, 
Number four. Uh, yeah, ball hawks. I'm glad they got a higher pick because this is a team that has struggled through their first three years. Um, but Brian Scalabrini bringing in a couple of different guys. No longer is it going to be Scal, Josh Childress, and Deshaun Stevenson. It's now going to be Scal, Leandro Barbosa, and Spencer Hawes. And uh, I really like the makeup of this team. I think they added size. I think they added versatility. I think they added spacing. And, you know, we talked with Rick Barry, and one guy, one thing that stuck out to me when we were talking to him about the makeup of his team and the guys he keep up, keeps up with was really when he was talking about Will McDonald. That's a guy that he talked about a lot. Will McDonald went first round in 2019. He was very effective on an underwhelming ball hog season. Uh, but, you know, I felt like he was a, one of the bright spots of ball hogs um, throughout the season, despite them winning that one game in 2019. And I think, again, we go with familiarity. I think he, I, you know, I think that Rick Barry really liked the team he had initially before he had to continue to kind of yeah. shuffle it around when he had Dusan and Jermaine Taylor. And I think, like I said, I think Will McDonald's a hard one to pass up. He wasn't at the combine, but I think he proved himself that he was one of the better, better big men in the league. Um, and I think, you know, let me just read, I just want to say this up front. I think despite there being a lower age limit to get into the big three, I think a lot of teams in here value experience, you know, just within the game, especially big three experience. I feel like you want at least one or two guys on your team that have big three experience. And we've seen as early as 2019 that when they didn't have big three experience, uh, some of those teams didn't do as well necessarily. Um, I don't know if that's just, a direct correlation or not, but I do think it, it does help. You know, we saw Bivlack in 2019 go after Dion Glover in the third round because they wanted big three experience, I think. So um, I'm going to go Will McDonald here at number four. And I think Rick Barry and Ballhoffs goes back to the familiarity. We saw that Rick Barry was at the combine. So I, I'm assuming that, well, Scout was also there, I guess, too. So I'm assuming they're going to have each get to pick one. Uh, I'm, so I'm going to go with Will, Will McDonald here at number four, four ball hogs. Uh, moving on to number five. This is also another interesting team because they didn't go out and fill their captain spots outside of the league. They actually went through and promoted guys, kind of similar to what Killer Threes did. And they got their energy guy, one of the most electric guys in the big three last year, and Mike Taylor promoted the co-captain. And then they traded for Chris Johnson last year midseason when they traded Jamario Moon away. He was a number two pick last year, and they ended up promoting him to co-captain. He's going absolutely crazy right now in Australia. Uh, Ricky Davis got promoted to captain. No longer no longer Mike Bibby as a ghost baller, which is going to be a little bit weird. Um, so this is an interesting team. I think they have a lot of good pieces here. Uh, they have a scorer. They have a, an energy guy who was kind of your fourth man last year. I don't know if they'll you know start him or bring him off the bench. They got their big who, honestly, he's got the whole bag. I mean – if you've seen any of his highlights recently in Australia, he's he's stretching the floor. Uh, he's posting up. It seems like he can do just about everything on the floor and and score at will. Um, but there's one guy I really like in here who wasn't actually, for some reason, wasn't on that graphic. I think would fit very well. I think has pretty good ties with a couple of guys on the team. And that's going to be Craig Smith. Um, Craig Smith is one of the top five scorers last year in the league. I think a lot of people don't are kind of forgetting about what he brought to the table for enemies in an underwhelming season for them as well. And I think it'd be hard to pass up more scoring when you have the opportunity. I know defense is going to be key, but I do think Craig Smith brings a lot to the table from a scoring perspective. And I think he's going to be a good fit for this ball hogs team. He brings a little bit of size, um, can maybe play, you know, I guess, 
your your five in a three on three setting. <clears throat> if you want to go a little bit smaller, you can stretch the floor as well. So I think spacing is going to be really. It feels like it's a big indicator early on for ghost ballers, and I think it's going to be you know they're going to continue to add to that with their fifth pick here um, in the first round. Uh, Will, before I move on to the last five, top five, what would you rate it one through ten here? Like like an overall grade, you're saying, or these an five o- individuals? An overall grade, I guess. Yeah, one through ten would have been. Um, I mean, five. I would say I got to give it a pretty solid score because uh, it is looking. It's a little similar, but I feel like there's a couple of key differences. Um, okay. So I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay, I'll take a seven. That's about a, a high C, maybe a low B. I'll take yeah. the low B part. I'll, I'll make it a low B. <laughs> um, here's where things get a little hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I felt like the first five I'm, I'm pretty confident about. Uh, I think I could get at least four out of the five there. When it comes to aliens and when it comes to three-headed monsters, I just don't know which direction they're going to go. The, the captains are a little bit more quiet. Um, three-headed monsters have some pretty big holes to fill. Uh, losing both their two of their guys to being co-captains. Uh, but let's start with Aliens here. They promoted Greg Oden to the captain spot, got a new coach in Rick Mahorn, who's won a championship already, and got Brandon Rush as well as Shannon Brown as her co-captain spot. So pretty similar team to last year as well. The one thing that I was able to gather from uh, an IG live stream that Brandon Rush popped into is that they want a point guard. They want someone who's going to run the point. The question is, I don't know exactly who they like in the draft. I can't figure out any ties to the team. It was really hard for me. There's a couple of names I want to say, but I just, I'm just not sure if I'm, I'm positive about any of them. I'm really not. Um, so that being said, I think a lot of people are going to disagree, including myself, probably because I'm really just not. I'm really <laughs> I'm just disagree not, with my pick. I'm just really not positive about it. I, I know that they. I think they go point here, but I'm just not sure which point guard they're going to get because I can't find any ties. I can't. You know, I, I couldn't get any background information to it. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Tyshawn Taylor, who is a Kansas guy. You know, the IG live stream that I popped into was Tyshawn Taylor's when Brandon Rush said they needed the point guard. Um, he looked good at the combine from what I saw, um, and they need a point. Now, I don't know if necessarily, you know, if they want to grab a little bit more size or not, you know, in the first round, which I could also see too. Maybe they grab a point guard later. But I think it'll make a little bit more sense on why I thought something differently for their second pick um, when we get to the second round. But I'm going to go with Tyshawn Taylor here. They got the Kansas ties, at least Brandon Rush. Um, you know, not sure exactly who's running the show here, if it's Greg Oden or it's a collaborative effort. But this that was a tough one for me. And, you know, I'm just kind of taking a flyer out there. So we'll see. Uh, moving on to number seven and three-headed monsters. <clears throat> same core of captains. I think the only team to bring the same core of captains back. We know what they can do. They've been in the playoffs three straight years. One of two teams to, to do that. Um, Sweet Lou, the ageless wonder, Mahmoud, and then Reggie Evans, probably the best big man in the big three. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they go with um, a little bit of experience again. You know, last year they got Chalmers late. They got uh, Larry Sanders at the number three pick who just decided to show up to the combine last minute and say, hey, I'm a part of the draft pool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think they like the size they have. Like I felt like a lot of times last year or in 2019, if I say last year, it's just habit. But in 2019, I don't feel like they necessarily went to 
lineups that didn't include Reggie Evans. I felt like he was always a part uh, of their lineups. If they went small, they went away from both Biggs and Sanders and Evans. But when they when they went traditional, it always felt like Reggie Evans played pretty much the entire first and second half with Larry Sanders even either playing by right next to him or just giving him a breather every now and then. So I think they go with the experience here. Um, someone who I heard was pretty impressive at the Combine and recently won a championship in 2019 in the NBA. So I'm going to go Jody Meek right here. Okay, um, okay. I, I really like the the veteran presence he brings. I think that Richard and Mahmoud and Reggie are also going to like that. And like I said, recently in the NBA, still 33 years old. Uh, I'm, I like the way I said that just sounded so much like Mel Kiper, and I hated myself every second for saying that. <clears throat> so I'm just going to stop true there. Red shirt freshman. <laughs> this is a guy who can not. No, he's a guy. Uh, I like Jody Meeks here at seven here. Uh, I think he's a potential first rounder. And recently at the NBA, you know, he's in shape. Uh, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. I think he'd be a good fit for three-headed monsters here. Ooh, I, I like uh, what Jordan just said here. If I can get What's over here. What's this? I love that's awesome. That was a late round selection. Uh, this is another fact I really like. And you know, if you've listened to the show, you know that I'm a big blue fan. <clears throat> Serious baller. I agree. Number Okay. Let's go to eight. Uh, as I wrap up my first round mock here, uh, Josh Smith, Will Bynum. Uh, and the only difference here is they're bringing in most baits, uh, replacing Anthony Morrow from last year, who most baits, Mo Bucket for a reason. Um, this one was another hard one for me, but I'm, again, a lot of it I feel like it's connecting connecting the dots in a player empowerment league or a player empowered league. I think a lot of it has to do with who you know um, and, you know, what chemistry have we had in the past that's going to work here on a three-on-three setting. Um, so that being said, I another tough one for me, but I'm going to go a little bit younger, a guy who also was just recently out of the NBA. And I'm going to go KJ McDaniels. I – love KJ McDaniels, bro. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, again, a lot of this is me trying to find connections because we didn't actually attend the combine, so we don't know a lot of what on. We just know a couple of words that we've heard from some other players that were there, captains. But <clears throat> I'm putting in the connection of KJ McDaniels to the, his recent time with the Rockets that he spent with Josh Smith. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the chemistry they had, but I think – if Josh Smith, you know, practicing with them every day that year and playing with them, I think you look at KJ McDaniels and you think like high flyer, um, a guy who can get to the rim, pretty good defender, which is something you want in a three-on-three setting. Um, I think there's a lot to like about KJ McDaniels' game, especially in the big three. And I think he'd be a good fit for a big black team who will. I mean, you've been saying all along, high aspirations for him this year after Ooh. barely missing the playoffs last year. Uh, week nine of the ball. I know that's killing them, and I know they're coming with a vengeance right now. So I'm going with KJ McDaniels at nine here. Um, the last two, uh, again, I feel like the first round is all about size, and I think it's about experience. Yeah. And that, that's going to be evidenced by my last two picks here. Uh, I'm not going to say a lot because these guys are very well known within the big three. So at nine, whole new trilogy te team outside of James White. Steven Jackson's going to be the coach after going to the finals last year as a co-captain for Killer Threes. And Jared Jack's going to lead the way, bringing in Amir Johnson, who is his guy, uh, and G League Ignite. They they played together recently in the, the G League bubble here. But 
from what I've heard, Stacks already got his two guys picked out, so that might makes me think that maybe it doesn't matter who went to the combine. Stack was going to pick who Stack was going to pick. That's what I've heard too. But that being said, I'm going Ooh. with Meta World Peace. Oh, I'm go- oh Meta World Peace. I guess. Oh my god, Meta World Peace. His old teammate, his old co-captain, took a year off in the Big Three, and I, I. I think there's a lot to like about it. A lot of versatility, defense, um, size. You know, you got Jared Jack as your point. He's probably going to be the primary ball handler. Amir Johnson's probably going to be your main traditional big. Um, and then you got James White, another great defender, former defensive player of the year, season one. Why not add more defense to this team? Defense wins championships. I think Meta can be a good fit in here. He's got big three experience. Uh, at times, he looked really good in season two yeah. when it came to scoring. So, you know, maybe with less people or I guess less people on the court, he's wow. got more of an opportunity to showcase his skill set and his scoring punch. I'm going with Medic here. And I think my last one is is I don't know if it's gonna be surprised to you or not, but I think it's a no-brainer if, if it gets to this point he's not picked yet. Um, pretty much the same squad. They added Mario Chalmers. The biggest thing hits here is obviously rest in peace, Andre Emmett. Nobody can replace him, but three's company is gonna have to find some kind of scoring punch. Um to be able to try to make up for all the, the amount of points that Andre Emmett brought to the table for Three's company. Um, so I think they go with a guy who was also formerly a captain. I don't know why he's not anymore, but he's in the draft pool. And I think this is going to be the lowest he's ever been in any draft. But I think they go Andre Owens here. Yeah. At number 10. He was – Three's company was the first team he was ever with. We know Jamar's great at scouting talent. And bringing guys on, but I think it doesn't make any more sense than the guy your first pick ever that you, that you selected in the big three than Andre Owens. He was great for Three's company. He's been great for Paul Hogs and Aliens. Um, I think it, I think it's a no brainer here. So those are my ten picks. You know, let me know in the comments whoever's watching what you would grade this on a scale of one to ten. I don't feel overly confident about it, but I really like it if it's the way it went. And that I think it's the one that makes the most sense to me. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of talking, but I uh, hope that made sense to everybody else in some in some degree here. So, Will, we're going to move well, on well, to you. Before we move on to me, I just want to kind of look at yours a little bit. You know, you talk, you asked me to rate your first five. But oh, yeah, I, my last I, five. I love the last five. Last okay. five, I got to give an eight or nine. I agree with you. I don't know if it's going to pan out this way. Mine is very different. I don't know if we share a single – we don't share a single five through ten. Um, I went a little bit of a different route. Okay. But to be honest with you, I, I kind of like yours better. Like I think you – I went all for like – I think I went extremely – I don't want to say yours is unrealistic, but I went very like – Oh, like I think this is how it'll happen. You know what I mean? Like, like you'll kind of mm-hmm. see. I think you'll see the approach that I took. But yours, I think you took a very like fan centric, like perspective on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, a little like, bit. Like I'm saying, like I hope this happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I just like I love this. I love the fits on these teams. I think I I maybe in my own I ignored fits a little bit too much, and I more folk maybe I thought about it too much. I focused too much on like who knew who. You know what I mean? And things mm-hmm. like that. But I absolutely love your five through ten. Well, I appreciate that. I think the one thing that I'm scared about uh, in picking this and why I said up front we'll probably be 99% wrong 
I don't think I picked enough bigs. I think that's going to be another high mm -hmm. priority. Um, I think I went with a lot of smaller guys, but I think I've, I added a lot of guys who had already played in the big three. And I think that's why I feel like it's so realistic in a sense. But, you know, yeah. we'll see. Sometimes shiny new toys are really eye-popping to captains, especially within a draft. So That's true. Um, all right, Will, let's go on to yours right here. Uh, at the top of the board, you got enemies again. And, I mean, Will, we've talked about this enough. I'm, I'll go ahead and just type yours in. Because <laughs> um, I think we've talked about it enough. And yeah. Again, I don't know why this is. You know what? Let's do this. That it's this easy. It's Jordan Hill again. We're we're both so in agreement on that's this. That's actually not who I have. Oh, I'm kidding. It's who lying. I have. Yeah, I know you're lying. So <laughs> no, listen, I you know, we know that enemies have already made their selection. Mm -hmm. yeah. We know that, right? Oh we okay. also know Jody said thanks. He appreciates. Oh, I thought he was watching the live stream. Maybe he's not watching the live stream, but oh, okay. Um, Anyways, continue. What what was I gonna say? Uh, who said thanks? Jody Meeks. I thought he was watching oh, the live stream. Shout out Jody happy. Meeks. Maybe. <laughs> shout out Jody Meeks. Ask him. Know. Ask him if he's watching. But um, you know, we know enemies made their pick. We know Swaggy P said the first name that came out of his head when he says, "I'll join the big three if Jordan Hill will make it." So we, you and I, were both shocked to see Jordan Hill in the draft pool, and I think Swaggy P, you know, I think he pulled off a little bit of a gambit here, and he kind of won. He said, I'm going to go ahead and get someone who I really want, and then I'm going to hope that Jordan Hill is available in the draft. So he went out. He gets Elijah Stewart from USC. You know, you want to talk about youth movement. Enemies are going in a completely different direction. I mean, the kid's 25. The kid can jump out of the gym. He was a, a budding star at USC, didn't make his way into the NBA. He's overseas. So I'm really excited about Elijah Stewart. Same. But to not sort of take this, you know, I think the writing is on the wall here. You know, th this is very, very reminiscent of like Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. Now, I'm not saying that wow. Trevor Lawrence is the number one. Uh, I'm not saying that Jordan Hill is the Trevor Lawrence of this draft because I think that's David Hawkins. But I think that there, this is you know two forces that were destined to meet. I see. I like. I like that. I think. I think you're right about that. And I mean, I think it's just for us a no-brainer. They got a little lucky on sending Jordan Hill to the draft because I didn't know if they would get him. And, I, you know, I don't know how it works sometimes. Like, is there respect on dibs in a, in a player-empowered league like the big three? Or is it like you take the chance and you just hope it works? Like, I, I got to think that's what Nick Young did. He's probably deciding between the two. Hard to knock off Perry Jones after the year he had, too. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, you talk about are there dibs. I think by the end of my mock draft, you're going to be like, well, you know, Will at least thinks that they're dibs. Okay. Okay. Um, well so, number two, I kind of gave it away, but my number two is the same as yours, Anthony. It is David Hawkins. I think that David Hawkins is the best talent available in this draft. He comes into 2017 on Three's Company. Doesn't really, you know, have too much of an impact, but Three's Company that was just a a crazy year with everything going on. Goes into Tri State in 2018 and is a top two MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. Corey Maggette was the best player on the best team in powers, and he won it. But he his stats were neck and neck with David Hawkins. And, you know, I, I'm a big David Hawkins fan. I would have loved to see David Hawkins win the MVP in 2018. I understand that he didn't, but it's the closest thing that we've had to an MVP race in the history of the big three. And I think that David Hawkins is going to return to the team where he had his success. 
And then the next year, he goes to Trilogy in 2019, and he almost wins Defensive Player of the Year, leads the league in steals, and also is a fantastic score. So I think you already have a pretty, I don't want to say loaded team in Tri-State, but definitely a solid core where if you can draft David Hawkins, you're going to insert him right in there. And you got guys like Nate, guys like Larry Sanders, guys like Jason Richardson, who are going to be perfect complementary pieces for him. Agreed. So I'm I'm super excited. I really think that this is if Tri-State doesn't take Hawk, I'm going to be floored. But I, like I you know, mouth dropped. Mouth dropped. I'm morning. obviously not as set on this pick as I am with Jordan Hill. But I oh, think I for Tri, I think for Tri-State, I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah, this is the only time we're going to agree throughout the the entire mock draft. So take a photo; you won't see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Number three for me. I have a guy who, you know, I, I think I didn't really come into the combine. I don't want to say not high on him, but maybe not as familiar with him. And just based off of what I've been hearing in his combine alone, I have become super high on him. Oh, okay. And that is for power number three. I have Justin Denton. Oh, okay. You Justin know, Denton. Power, you called Power, I made a mental note of it, you called Power a lucky team. And Power has been an extremely successful team, and they did get lucky in the draft. But they really have, I don't want to say a decimated roster, but Q Rich isn't there, Birdman isn't there. A lot of these guys that we've become familiar with, and then if you want to talk about Julian Wright and Michael Thompson, um, they are, they're gone. So they have Boozer too, isn't that crazy? Boozer too. So you have Glenn Davis. You have Royce White, and you have Katino Mobley. Mobley's getting up there in age. Glenn Davis is one of the better big men in this league, absolutely. And Royce White is a, you know, played excellent on enemies, but didn't see a lot of team success, didn't translate to wins. So power, in my opinion, if they want to continue being, you know, that perennial championship contender, you know, keep this train going, you're going to need guys who are going to go in and light it up. And I think this pick with Justin Denton uh, solidifies that mentality. Okay, I like the I like the the direction there. We both went guard, but you went combine guard, and I went big three alum guard. Okay, I like it. Um, I think he's got a little bit of uh, from what we know, he's got a little bit of connection with power there, so it makes a lot of sense, you know. And, and I will say this too, you know, I've I've really tried to do my research on this. I spoke to multiple people. They've all told me that just and even guys who are like competing with Justin Denton for one of the 20 spots have all told me that Justin Denton turned Justin Denton turned heads the entire combine. The one-legged bandit. The one-legged bandit. I'm like curious it. to find out what that means. Well, he had a shot where he shoots like a fadeaway three off one leg. Oh, okay. So he called himself. I found, the I found out bandit, what it means. So I'm not right. well, thank you. now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got that uh, cleared up. Um, all right, great. So my next pick for me. You and I, you know, we had different mentalities on ball hogs. You know, I think, you know, we talk about Rick Barry, but just having him on the podcast, it sounds like he's not really as involved in the decision-making in terms of a team-building aspect as I would have thought. So okay. I really think that this is scale, and I really think, you know, we saw scale there, scale there, but we also saw, you know, him bring in two new guys in Spencer Hawes and Landry Barbosa. So I think this is a bit of a reset and a bit of a rebuild. So for ball hogs, I'm not – and for other teams, maybe where I'm going off of past decisions and relationships, 
Ball hogs, I'm throwing all that out the window. Okay. So for me, for ball hogs, I'm going Jody Meeks. Oh. I like it a lot, actually. I really this is, like it. This is to me someone who can come in and automatically be, you know, a complimentary piece to guys like Hawes and Barbosa. And in my opinion, if I'm ball hogs, you had, you know, if I'm scow, you just have to grab as much talent as possible and then try and sort itself out. Because, you know, right now they're – I don't know how big their ceiling is, but you just got to get that floor up. And a mm-hmm. team already with Scal, who doesn't really get that much minutes, Barbosa, Hawes, and Jody Meeks, that already has a higher ceiling than probably what ball hogs are used to. You know, they, they've gone really big on like raw talent in the past, but I think we're going to switch it up and I think we're going to go for all experience, all veteran names, all guys that we know can hoop. And I think Jody Meeks is that pick. They've showed it early on that this is a new year. It looks like they're kind of clearing everything that they've done in the past and, and bringing in just a whole new mindset and mentality, uh, you know, when it comes to constructing this roster. So I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, you already added two guys who are recently out of the NBA. Why not add a third? We'll just add, as, like you said, as much talent as possible. I like the pick. I think it's I think it's a good fit just in general, too, because you're making up. You're essentially you kind of making up, you know, no offense to scale the white mambo. But you're making up for his spot by adding as much talent as you can anyways. So Jody Mason, I think, would be a good fit there too. All right. So number five for Ghost Bowlers, uh, this is where – this is our last similarity, Craig Smith. Hmm. You know, Craig Smith, we know have off-the-court connections with guys like Mike Taylor. I think him and Ricky Davis have a serious – are in serious contention to be the best one-two punch in the league. I agree. I mean, Ricky, Ricky Davis has been one of the league leaders and scorers forever. Uh, Craig Smith came in and did the same thing in his first year of enemies. I, you know, we all know that he has a really big chip on his shoulder, especially with how things ended with enemies. So, you know, you and I both heard we heard that Ghost Ballers have some big things planned for this season, and in my opinion, that starts off with getting Craig Smith. I think, I mean, I think you're spot on with the one-two punch. I mean, you're right, but two guys that are through their time in the big three, whether it's one year or three years, have proven that they're they're at the top of the, the leaderboard when it comes to scoring. So and, and in that whole thing that I just gave you, we didn't even talk about Mike Taylor. I know who was, you know, the best bench player last season. Um, or uh why am I blanking on Chris Johnson? Chris Johnson, thank you. Sorry. Uh, Chris Johnson, who is in Australia right now, absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. So this is a team who has – if you can get a guy like Craig Smith and to – listen, the, there's going to be a talented name there at five. Even if Craig Smith is picked first, there's going to be a talented name there at five. So this is a team, Ghost Balls, who has a shot at making a huge uh, leap this season. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I think these are good picks, one through five. I mean – Are you going to grade? I, I wasn't going to grade anything. But I guess I'll, I'll grade. First off, let me say Ghost Ballers is trying to make the playoffs for the first time since season one. It's been a long time, and they're doing it for the first – they're running a season for the first time without Mike Bibby at the helm being their captain. My grade, uh, I really like yours. I might give you an eight right off the bat. Um, I really <laughs> you're, like much, the Jody. you're a much nicer person than me. Well, I was going to say three of them are similar to mine, so I think that right there gives you the seven already. Right. And then um, I'm a big fan of the Jody Meeks – the Jody Meeks, the Ballhawks. That's what is really separating us, I think. So, uh, an eight. 
you, you outscored me there. Let's go. Let's go five through ten. There we go. Okay, so five through ten, I share apps, or six through ten, I share. Oh, six through ten. No similarities with you. Um, so the first one with aliens, we know aliens like a guard. Shout out for you for catching that. Um, so we know they're going to go guard basically, unless, you know, I don't know, unless maybe the guy that they really want falls or maybe this is all smoke screens, you know, I'm not too sure. Um, but I, I went along with it and I gave them new Williams. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Another guy Williams, who had an incredible compact, uh, Anthony, I know you're really high on him. So I'm assuming that we're going to see him in the second round, but I'm really stressing, especially after a year of absence where guys have either not been playing or they've been overseas somewhere. You know, we're sort of playing catch up with a lot of these guys. Where is your body at physically? Where is your skill set at? And New Williams came in and absolutely dominated. So I think that I think New Williams at six for aliens. I like it. 25 years old or might even be younger than that. I think he's 25. Recently was at Fresno State, just graduated, I think, in the 19-20 season. So they want a guard. That's a good one right there. Greg Oden was at the combine. I'm sure he was showing out for him. Yeah. And then for me, for number seven, now see, this is one where I, I like the player. I like the position of the player, but I don't know if I like the team just because I'm failing to see the connection here. And I feel mm-hmm. like on every team, there's some sort of a connection. Got to be some sort of connection, just a little bit. But what I do like, I like this player, and I like this player on this team. And that to me is Tony Roten at number seven for three-headed monsters. Tony Roten, my guy. Who I think could be a top five pick, just to be honest. I think he can be a top five pick too. But so let let me let you know, I mean, for full disclosure, right? I, you know, we know all know that he's cousins with Nate Robinson. Mm -hmm. So if he's not going to, if Tri-State isn't going to shock the world and pick Tony Roten number two over David Hawkins, I think then. You know, I don't know what happens. You know, if, if we talk about dibs, then does Tony Roten stick? I originally had Tony Roten in my second round, but I just don't think he falls that hard. You know, if dibs exists, then maybe he goes at 12, but he is not the 12th best player in this draft. I agree. I 100% agree. Uh, that's why I'll explain more in my second round, but I 100% agree. Um, I, I think the fit could work there. I, I realize the connection is a little off. You know, but again, a lot of these guys do know each other. I mean, it's really just a brotherhood when it comes to playing in the NBA. So I, I think, you know, who knows if they do know each other or not. But I like the pick because, you know, Mahmoud's 52 and you say it all the time. He's the only guy to beat father time. But at the same time, I think defensively you're going to need someone long and lanky to maybe cover up for some of his mishaps, whether it's early in the game or later in the game. I think Roden could definitely do that. He's a monster on the defensive end. Um, just great intercepting, pa- like great getting in the passing lanes, can block shots, a big guard. I like the pick. All right. Number eight. You got your team Bivouac. This is, a, don't, this is your don't favorite team. sleep on Bivouac. This is your favorite team, Loki. Bivouac will be in the 2021 championship. I'm telling you right now. Book your tickets to Bahama if you're Will Bynum. You will be in the championship. Just Will Bynum. Josh and Mo, you should be staying home. (laughs) Uh, I got a guy you love. Oh, okay. Jermaine Taylor. I think, I think that Jermaine Taylor, we saw the way that he played in the five tournament. We've seen what he's progressing after his injury. You talk about Josh Smith, Will Bynum, and Mo Spates. Those are three guys with limited big three experience. 
Will Bynum played fantastic in his first year, but uh, Coach Reggie Theus, Will Bynum, and Josh Smith are going to their second year of the Big Three. After oh, Everyone took a year off. The league took a year off, and most bases his first year. So my opinion, I think one of the bigger mistakes Bivouac made last year, and Reggie Theus talked about it, was not having enough Big Three experience. Mm-hmm. So I think this pick, you should go for somebody who has the who has had the most individual big three success. And that, to me, combined with team need um, remaining, is Jermaine Taylor. Over Andre Owens? Well, full disclosure, I don't have Andre Owens being selected. Okay, that's fair because of the uncertain because of the uncertainty of how everything played out. That's, yes, that's fair. I, I don't have Andre Owens being selected. So you're saying outside of that? The next guy. Right. Just because in my head, I'm like, I don't think Andre, I, I'm surprised he's in the draft pool, but I don't know what his standing is with the league right now. I, I, he wasn't at the combine as far as I'm concerned. So I'm just a little confused about that. Fair. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I think that's completely fair. I went, I was kind of just black and white on it and you're right. looking outside on the bigger picture. I, I think it's fair. Um, I, I like Jermaine Taylor a lot. So if you went to big black, I would not be mad at all at all. And then number nine for me, you know, you want to talk about new regimes. Jarrett Jack, uh, Mir Johnson, James White is still there, but Stephen Jackson. Those are all – this is a brand-new team. We talked about Trilogy 2.0 with Hawk. I feel like now it's Trilogy 3.0. Like I feel like they've rebuilt themselves twice now since their championship. Yeah. But, uh, but that just shows you the caliber and the standards that Trilogy holds themselves to. So for me, at number nine, I have Trilogy taking – I've trilogy taking a kid, you know, with Jared Jack and Amir Johnson, their experience on uh, on Ignite and the G League. You know, I think they're all about developing talent. They're all about taking shots on young guys. So to me, that is no more better exemplified than Isaiah Austin. Oh, oh, I like it a lot. And he, from what we've heard, he's been the best guy at the combine, or he was the best guy at the combine. I, I've heard that. Along with Justin Denton, and he was turning heads. Yeah, uh, how do you not go with this pick? It's it's hard to it's hard for it was hard for me to not put him in the first round. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because I could see him falling. I could, you know what I mean? I could very well see because all the picks you made, I loved your five through ten, and he wasn't in there, and I was like, that could absolutely happen. Uh it's going to be hard for people to pass up because I think a lot of teams are going to look at this and say, can we, is there a chance we can get him in the second round? Right. That's what I feel like is going to happen. It's going to be like a, uh, like a bowl bowl situation. It definitely could be. It definitely yeah. could be. Okay. All right. For me, for 10, for three's company, you and I had similar thought processes, but we came to different conclusions. You know, Andre Owens, God rest his soul, had a, such an incredible impact for them. And they're going to have to find somebody to replace that. You know, um, so to me, I thought the closest thing to that, and we know that Demar Johnson has experience picking MVP candidates or, you know, all-stars with his first-round picks. So I said, all right, well, who's kind of close to that and also could absolutely break out? So for me, that was Jeremy Pargo. Okay. Okay. So you did go Pargo first round. Okay. Pardo in the threes company role. I'm picturing it now. That's a that's a nice fit. I think part I think Dermar, if anyone's Dermar's not gonna let anybody who he feels like could have a chance at being a top five scorer, like you said, an all-star of the league, slip by him at 10. 
He's almost yeah. like the guy who's like going to be at the top of the mountain overseeing how everything plays out and then striking when it's his yes. time to pick. And he's got a good spot there at 10. I like that pick a lot. Okay. Damn. All right. So my six through 10 completely different from yours. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I wish I would have picked you. I wish I would have went with some of your picks over mine. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing about yours. Oh, because the funny thing is uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, but a lot of the guys you have six through 10, I feel we'll get to it, but I really like it. Um, I'll tell you what three, I mean the first three, six, seven, and eight, those are three guys I absolutely love in the draft. And I'd be surprised if they weren't drafted. Right. That way. So man. Okay. Let's just get to the second round and then we'll talk. We'll just kind of wrap up the, the mock draft in general. If I can find the, little mouse here okay here we go all right second round we got the first round completed second round uh this is kind of where you take more of your chances i think this is where yeah. more of the connections come into play this is where some of that dibs comes into play i feel like uh but with power i'm going to start with a connection a guy that we recently talked to who was actually told to come to the trial he wasn't even sure but he worked out the same place as her Look, I think there's a lot he brings to the table. He's healthy. He explained why he'd be a good pick. I think he's a good glue guy. I think he can do a little bit of everything. And I think Nancy Lieberman loves size. I, so the more, the better. I think just having Glenn Davis isn't going to be enough. I think she's going to want somebody who can be more of a shot blocker, uh, can also stretch the floor a little bit. And that's going to be Corey Jefferson. I'm going Corey Jefferson here. He was one of the first ever to go from tryout to combine. And – you know, Nancy Lieberman and him work out at the same place. She sees him all the time. I don't think she would have asked him to just come to the tryout just just because if she didn't feel like he's a guy who can make it to the the draft, you know, all the way from the tryout. Um, he's a guy who apparently stretches the floor well, which I thought he already could shoot the three ball pretty well. Um, capable of blocking shots. So I like Corey Jefferson here with power. You got Pardo, Jefferson. And then you got Big Baby, Catino, and Royce White. I think that's a good makeup. And, and Corey Jefferson's still 30 years old as well. So you had another young guy to mix there. Um, at two, this is where we're talking divs. This one was super easy for me. And this is the only reason, the only reason I think he goes in the second round is because Nate Robb's got div on, divs on his cousin there. And that's Tony Roden. I just – I think divs somewhat has a little bit of a factor here. I do. Because I think there's some guys where you're just like, I want him, don't pick him. And I think you can use that to your advantage a little bit. You can leverage that. Because you're, let's say like Nate Rob's like, hey, I'm going to pick Tony Roden. He's family. Nobody else can pick him. Everyone going into the draft's like, okay, we're not going to take Tony Roden. They go, they get David Hawkins because they know David Hawkins is going to be a, a hot commodity. And then I feel like there's just a respect within a player empowered league. And I think people respect the fact that they're family and, I think Tony Roden goes here. Look, I think also, too, out of sight, out of mind, Tony Roden was not at the combine, just like a lot of other people. But he's just so he was just so impressive. That's why it was so hard for me to not pick him in the first round. The only reason I don't have him go in the first and to any other team is that family connection because he said, I got this. <laughs> I, I, listen, I thought about it, too, but I will say, you know, with my, with my conversations with Tony – it just, I, I just, it doesn't, didn't seem like that. You know what I mean? You had different conversations with them. That, that's fair too. I guess I so. We had different a, conversations. I didn't have a lot of conversation with Tony. 
Tony, so, you know, I don't know. Hey, what you I know, know, I just, you know, this is just, I just, my thought process. I just wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the vibe that it was a done deal. Is That's all fair. I'm saying that like to try state is what I mean. That's fair. He might, he, he might not even get selected. We don't know, but I just think it'd be crazy if he wasn't. And I think too, what you have to factor in is, yeah, we might play this like this childhood game of divs on everybody. But in this league this year, you lose money if you don't win as many games. Like there's more incentive to win than there ever has been in the past. And I think some guys could just be like, fuck that. I don't care what he said. I'm taking him. Exactly. A hundred percent. Especially on a guy like Tony Roten. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then then why doesn't three company just call dibs on Hawkins? Like, no, exactly. You're right. You know I mean, they're exactly like, no, right. screw you. Like, you you're, you're exactly right. So, you know, this is just me kind of taking the gamble like enemies here. Yeah, that, that's yeah. all it really is. Um, but I don't want to get it twisted. I want everyone to know. I think Tony Rose is a top five player. I think he should go top five. The only reason is I just think David Hawkins is such a hot commodity. Um, you know, he's a proven big three guy, MVP candidate in the past. So after that, you know, I think Tony Rose is definitely in the in the running for top five. Okay, moving on the big flag. <clears throat> a little bit more familiarity here again, and. A guy who's still young. I think he showed a lot of promise last year or 2019. Um, some good things. And I think he was a big reason why Bivouac was successful. I'm going to go CJ Leslie. I think Ooh, he returns okay, okay. to Bivouac. You know, you got KJ McDaniel. Keep the youth movement going. You got your you got your vets already and your captains. Let's get two young guys. Um, you know, I think the size is – I think the difference between this year and last is one. There's obviously only two picks instead of three. So there's not as many chances you can take. So, you, you know, but two, I think a lot of teams this year have big men that are already co-captains or captains, which I think was something that we didn't see in 2019 necessarily. So yeah. um, that being said, I, I think CJ Leslie brings size anyways. He's like, what, six, eight, six, nine, maybe six, 10. Um, they're captain Josh Smith, the six, nine. They have plenty of size. I think they're good on that. I don't think they need somebody who's like seven feet tall necessarily. I think they have a lot of length. I'm going CJ Leslie there. <clears throat> okay. Um, this is where I think that Jamar Johnson just doesn't pass up on, on talent. And I can't believe he's fallen this far for me, to be honest. But Isaiah Austin's going to go here oh, for me. Yeah. There's no way that Jamar would let him slip. Uh, the fact that he slipped this long is talent. And I can't believe a little unrealistic. I guess I'm echoing. You're, you're watching the stream while you're in the stream. I was just I was just making sure that I like reposted on my Facebook. Fair enough, wow. fair enough. Um, I think I, Isaiah Austin's a good fit for this three's company team. You know, they have Drew Gooden, who is more of that stretch player. I think Isaiah Austin is more of the guy who's low in the post and grabs rebounds, blocks shots, more so than Drew Gooden. Um, and plus, he's just a, another young guy, a guy who is going to be a <laughs> – and Jordan is, is – Consistently reminding us, don't worry, Blue will definitely get picked in here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know who you're talking to. Dusan Balut is winning the MVP of this league. Oh, yeah. If it's, if it's not Hawkins, it's going to be Dusan Balut. We're, um, the most, we're the most like pro Balut podcast in the world. 100%, no doubt. Um, I just think Austin goes here. And I, I just think it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense for him to fall any far, further. He's the best guy at the combine is what we've heard. Um, he's the guy who's going to be a lottery pick if it wasn't for the Marfan syndrome. Isaiah Austin's a talented guy, another guy who's got a deep bag, and I think he gets through his company here. Um, <clears throat> another tough one for me. 
because I was kind of doing my second round prematurely and thinking like the whole dibs thing is going to be definitely be a factor. But now that, you know, we've been through this mock draft and even leading up to it, I was kind of like, why would anybody like really rely on that? Um, <laughs> and here's why I say that. Okay. I, I have heard that Bobby Brown and Nick Young are really close. They're really good friends. So I was like, well, enemies is definitely grabbing Jordan Hill first. But I could see, again, the divs thing coming into place or like, you know, we've already locked him in. You can't grab him kind of ordeal or I don't know. Maybe they're exchanging money for him. I, who knows? Maybe they're doing internal internal trades. Strippers. Um, <laughs> it goes to Nick Young. I mean, oh, we yeah. talked about it. It worked into his contract. More strippers for him. So maybe maybe Trilogy just takes that edge here, stacking the crew. Like, hey, we don't we don't really care that you guys are close. You know who else is close with them is his teammates from G League Ignite and the G League bubble, Jerry Jack and Amir Johnson. I think they just bring the whole experience trio. And I think Bobby Brown goes here instead. Um, I actually had him going to enemies, but I just think it I just think it makes more sense for him to go here. Are we, are we calling an audible? We're calling an audible because okay. I think wow. I think I think they're gonna want another ball handler. Um, I think they've got their link that they've added. Let's see, in the first round, they grab Metal World Peace uh amir johnson they got uh james white i think that again another team with plenty of size going back to yours plenty of size i think they're going to want another ball handler and i think they just have good chemistry honestly uh from their time at g league ignite you know you play together for a long period of time you're with each other all the time in that in that bubble and i i just think it makes the most sense here so i'm going with bobby brown and don't worry i'm not going jordan hill again that's just there's not two of them um I just know it's going to end up being black font. So I'm just going to go ahead and start typing in my guy here in a second. But <clears throat> that being said, I, I called an audible and I don't really know where I'm going with enemies now because I call that audible. Um, however, I think they can kind of continue that youth movement and I still think they go with a guard. I'm just, I, I'm kind of just like impulsively making this audible now because I don't really know where I'm going with this. Well, now you're scrambling. You made an audible, you called hike. Now you're scrambling. Oh yeah, I'm scrambling, but I I'm I'm getting rid I'm shedding all the guys coming at me because I, I, <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going with this. Uh it's just kind of on the fly here. But I Tyree think Hill wide open down the seam. <laughs> I think that they continue the youth movement. You know, they got Jordan Hill. You got your experience with Nick Young and Jordan Hill. I think they're gonna want another ball handler. Uh I think they got new Williams here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I think they continue the youth movement. They're, you know, Jordan Hill was at the combine, so he'd be have, have to probably be the guy to attest for him. Um, if it if it's not uh, Perry Jones, Perry Jones could also attest for him as well. Perry Jones was also at the combine. We knew exactly. That's what I'm saying. So he they would have to be the guys to attest for him to Nick Young. But I think I think they like youth. I think they like the guys who are bouncy. Uh, have high energy. They're going to probably be able to play longer stretches potentially. I know it's only a 50, but I still think that three on three can be extremely tiring. It's like boxing. You don't look at it and you're like, man, you're tired. No, I know. It wears you down a lot. So we, we, we saw Logan Paul the other night. Oh my God. I can't even stand up. Either gas or he was just knocked out like every third punch <laughs> from forward and he just holding him up. Um, so I'm going new Williams there. I thought he was super impressive at the combine and I think it makes the most sense. Okay. Aliens, uh, the whole reason I went with the guard early is because I, I'm i kind of going with the family connection here again. We had him on our podcast. And if they don't 
if Brandon Rush doesn't have a say, I don't think Brandon Rush is necessarily going to have a say on both picks. I'm kind of just like resulting in that. And I know Greg Oden was at the combine, but I do think that he might have a say on one of them. And I think that's going to be Kareem Rush. Mm. I think you bring in the brother who's got big three experience. He played year one for three headed monsters, went all the way to the, cha- or helped them get all the way to the championship. He's got a little bit of size. He's a little bit older guy. So you're not really doing the whole, you know, Tyshawn Taylor will probably be your youngest guy there. But I like the connection there. Um, and honestly, like I said, Aliens is a tough team to kind of read. They're all quiet guys between Shannon Brown, Brandon Rush, and Greg Oden. And they're not guys that you hear actively talk on social media or it's hard to make. It's just a hard connection thing to make. So I'm going to go with Kareem Rush here at Aliens, mostly because I'm unsure. But I think I think more so – I said mostly because I'm unsure, but partially because – I like the the brother brother connection and well, the big three experience. It's funny because so I'll say like I didn't pick Kareem Rush for mm-hmm. Aliens, mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because like you don't have brothers, so you're like, oh, Brandon Rush is gonna pick his brother, and then like I have brothers, and like that didn't even cross my mind. Like <laughs> as, like for being well, a not pick your brother if he was in the if you were a co captain or a captain. If he was a he good was fit. If he was a good fit. That's you have two of them. You wouldn't pick either of them if they were a good fit. Wow. Okay, maybe I don't understand this. I'm not saying thing. Kareem Rush isn't a, isn't a good fit. <laughs> Apparently, I, I just don't understand the sibling thing. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. You know, we all got to eat. You know, I'm. Uh... <laughs> oh god, hold on. I got three headed monsters. Is so. Uh, I'm just another team. I'm so unsure about that. I had to go back and see who I picked. So I got Jody Meeks for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they're gonna grab another ball handler. You you took. Uh, you took a ball handler and Tony Roten uh, yeah. to potentially, you know, offset what Mahmoud's doing. I'm going to go with another guy who just in general as a prospect was hard to read. I don't think he was at the pros- at the combine. Recently out of the NBA, still 25 years old. And I think it's just hard to pass on what he could bring to a three-on-three setting. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Isaiah Briscoe. Ooh, I do like that. Um, we haven't heard much from him, but he's in the pool. Uh, 25, just out of the NBA, got plenty of experience, just played the G League bubble as well. Uh, and I just think they're going to want one more ball handler. I'm not saying that Meeks couldn't do it or, or Sweet Lou couldn't do it. But I think one more primary ball handler, and I think Briscoe could be that guy to – I mean, I'll tell you this. When he's playing for the Magic, I felt like he was always going to drop a triple-double because he would he would constantly be racking up rebounds and assists like he just did all the dirty work and made the team better i felt like despite the magic not being good really when he was there i felt like if they had any chance to win briscoe was helping them off the bench do that so i like that and by the way i wanted to mention one thing about new williams that i, I didn't say when i picked him for enemies do you know he had three on three experience already i did not that that's another reason i think it's going to be hard to pass up on him where i don't know the league you'll have to go look at his instagram because that's where i saw it Oh, okay. But he has, he has played three. He does have some three-on-three experience, which I think could bode well for him. I'm at least making his pitch. Like I don't know if these guys are going to be able to like, if they're just like kind of sliding in DMs or, or what they're doing okay. to make their picks. But I think it does bode well for him. So, all right, Jordan. I hope you're still tuned in because this is where I got. I think <laughs> I'll just go ahead and put it. Blue, there we go. Blue's got to get picked. Okay, here's the question mark I had with Blue, okay? And this is why I have him so low and why I have him the ball hawks. Okay, we know Rick Barry loves him. So if Rick Barry doesn't have a say on both of the picks, he's going to have a, at least some kind of say on one, right? I mean, he's and the legend. Scal already uh, proved it once. 
the Hall of Famer Rick Barry doesn't have a say on anything, especially when yeah. his son plays in the same league as Dusan yeah. Balut. This guy has literally been seeing him. Like you said, he's already got the approval. The only reason I think he goes to Ball Hawks is because everybody passed up on him the first time. I think there's still uncertainty. He didn't play in the big three. They only saw him at the combine. I don't think he went this time. But the only guy to continuously play throughout three basketball throughout this whole hiatus of the big three is Dusan. And he's still number one in the world. Still number like, one in the world. When he was drafted number one in the world 2019, that was over two years ago. And he yeah. is still the undisputed number one in the world. Exactly. A guy who's fighting for a chance to be in the Olympics for a three-on-three basketball. Um, I, I think it's a no. I think this is one of the more confident ones. I'm like one of the ones I have the most confidence in outside of the top two picks and maybe the Craig Smith, the Ghost Ballers. Like I, I'm, I'm really sure that if the loot, if he drops, because he could definitely could be taken. Like they, you know, other teams could be thinking the same thing. But if he drops all the way down here and Rick Barry sees him, he's gonna be like, Scow, give me one pick. I mean, yeah, we approved him once. We didn't get a chance to see him. Do they take the risk? Like, is there a risk taking Dusan Balut? Like, with the same thing happening again? Absolutely, because I I think right now, from what I am familiar with, you know, it's really this whole thing with the Olympics. And I still think it is. If if he decides to play in the Big Three, he will be barred from playing in the Olympics. So at the time when that happened, you know, it was, number one, it was a pre-COVID world. So now I don't know if the idea of going to the Olympics for him personally is as enticing as it once was. I don't know. I'm not making, you know, I'm not saying that off of anything. I just don't know. I, I just know how that's how I would feel. Um, and also, too, he hasn't qualified yet. Like, I think there's only like, first of all, I think there's only like six countries that qualify. And yeah, he, and he wasn't one of them. So, you know, I, which is kind of crazy to say, but so I don't know if he's going to qualify. You know, I don't even think the United States has qualified yet. I think there's so much uncertainty of what he's going to be able to do this summer that he has to put his name in there because well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, what if it doesn't work out? You miss out on the league again. I mean, someone already took a chance on you in 2019. You had a chance to prove yourself. FIBA restricts you. And now, you know, it's like, okay, well, I can't play in the Olympics because if he was, he was going to try to bar me again from playing in the Olympics, but it's like, you're not even sure. We're not even really sure what the, the layout of the Olympics is going to be. What if his whole country of Serbia is just like nobody nobody from there is going to play? Yeah. Well, can I, can I, if I can say this too, right? Like realistically, if you're ball hogs, it's the second to last pick. So let's say it doesn't work out. You still mm-hmm. have the entire draft pool available minus one from ghost bowlers. That's true. But like exactly. I think you can make it work. You know, like I, I think this is a risk worth taking. I think so too. Um, and like Jordan has repeatedly said on our stream – Blue is already a proven three-on-three champion. He is. That man has more, like, you know, you ever seen that Spongebob episode when he opens the closet, the closet, all the trophies fall out? Oh, my God, That's yeah. Dusan Balut. <laughs> I feel like every other week he's winning some type of medal or trophy or something. He's always playing in some kind of championship. Okay. Yeah. Final pick here is for Ghost Ballers. And you know what? I think they just continue the trend of adding big three guys. I think they like the, the, core, the core uh of what they had. That's why they brought – that's why they promoted everybody from – within internally they they have a guy that they're pretty it seems like they're pretty close with or a strong connection with and craig smith i think they're just like maybe almost like a team that's like out to prove like hey we can do it with the guys we already have like a shiny toy it doesn't always mean it's the best toy um and that's why i'm going with another big three guy here he's just a little bit later than i wanted him to go but i think it's going to be a good fit for him i think it's i'm going to go with jermaine taylor that's my 10 um 
you had him going in the first round. I think that that shows you how much of a steal I think that pick is. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a huge deal, and I think somehow Jermaine Taylor always proves himself year in and year out, despite any kind of injury, anything like that. That he's worth taking the pick. Like a lot of guys really like what he did in the NBA, and I think a lot of that had a lot of his exit from the NBA was more political than anything. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a business, you know. So like, I think opportunity necessarily didn't go his way, but I think Jermaine Taylor is someone you don't pass up on. Uh, you know, you only have ten, you only, there's only ten picks, two picks for each team, and I think Jermaine Taylor is someone who's now very much recovered from that Achilles injury that he had in 2019. Been playing, like you said, looked really good in the five tournament, and I think Ghost Ballers is just out to prove something with the guys that were already in the league. I'm going Jermaine here. Nice. All right, I like it. I like it. Well, I guess I should quick well, quick yeah, rating yeah, yeah. Uh, 11 through 20. What do you think? 11 through 20. Well, I'll give it, oh, 11 through 20. I'll, um, I like it. You know, I, I think you and I kind of, we selected a lot of the same players, but I think like the players that you didn't pick, uh, like that I picked in the first round, you didn't, you had falling a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like, again, I'm going to say, you know, it's probably another eight. You know, I really do like, um, I like a lot of these picks, you know, to be honest, I like, I love CJ Leslie. I'm, you know, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know how excited I was when Bivouac select CJ Leslie because I figured that it signaled that this sort of youth movement was coming. And, you know, and it's it's been true so far. And I think CJ Leslie deserves to be in the big three. And I think he was a solid contributor for Bivouac on the one season that he did play. So, you know, I'm excited. I, you know, I, I like it. I'm okay. seven and a half. Seven, you just dropped. You said I like it, and then you dropped your answer half eight, a point. Eight. Whatever. Whatever. I'll take the seven and a half. I'm not to prove you wrong. Um, I'll probably be completely wrong, honestly. The big three trash shocked me so much in 2019. I, that I, I don't know, know what to expect. I don't know. But we're trying to, and this is the whole point of the mock draft. It's what makes it fun. Uh, Will, let's wrap up yours. One through right. 11 through 20. Let's start with Tyler here. 11. I have same mentality as you, a guy that was personally invited to the tryouts by Nancy Lieberman, coach of power. I got Corey Jefferson. Oh, okay, cool. Did not think we'd agree on one in the second round, but here we are. Look at us. We agree on a couple. Okay, look at us. All right, Corey Jefferson, same mentality. Who you got going? Same mentality. All right, number two. Now this is where we fly off the rails a little bit. Um, You know, we we got a guy who I think everyone was very excited to see. You know, we talked about a little bit, you know, is the big three sort of going to push this guy into the league a little bit? But, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is Tri-State's a team that is known for making splashes. It's known for, uh, you know, really wanting the spotlight and attention. So I'm going with the bone collector, Larry Williams. I was going to go ahead and type that out. I like it too. That was someone I was – I'm sure that's someone that you are pretty surprised that I didn't pick because holy, <laughs> I had so much trouble typing this for some reason. But I, that was someone I felt like too that the league was going to try to get in somehow, some way. Um, I think he looked pretty good at the combine, but I think more so guys, fans really want to see what he can do in a professional three on three setting. Um, I think Trice would be a good fit for him though. You just really, you know, with that pick, now I'm thinking about it, there really is no big. You're really relying a lot on Larry Sanders. You are. But, hey, I mean, same mentality for me, too. I picked yeah. I mean, I picked Tony Roden. I think they have enough size. I, th- I think they're going to be true. okay. Um, all right. So, next one for me, 
you know, talk about size, talk about a team that, you know, uh, same mentality. The reason why I said that they would pick who I give them, Jermaine Taylor, was because you want proven big three guys. So for me, that is Will McDonald. Oh, interesting. That Good big be. off the bench to replace Josh Smith. We saw what he could do. You could even play, you know, sort of a, a, a Twin Towers type of role in Josh Smith and Will McDonald. So, hey, and he, he's another dog, I feel like. I feel like Bivouac is, is full of them. Um, yeah. The guy that was, if you didn't watch the big three in 2019, go back and watch some Ball Hogs highlights because he'll stand out on the tape every time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know he's a guy that has a lot of respect from around the league. So I think, I think Will McDonald will definitely be picked. It's just a matter of where. And I, Really like the fit with Bivouac. Yeah, I agree. All right, so next one for me is, you know, I do get a little personal here in the second round because I really do want, want to see my guy succeed. But this is someone who I genuinely believe uh, is going to make it, you know. Okay. Uh, and that for me is uh, Mo Charlo, a okay. guy who won the TBT in 2020, a guy who played in the five tournament with a ton of big three talents. This is me, somebody who's going to p- get picked against just a matter of where. Uh, and we know the connections that he has with Andre Emmett and Three's company. And I think that he really – what a better way to honor your friend than play – than don the jersey that he had on. So I think – That's you know, a great I think, point. I think Dermar is going to be all for that. Mo Charles is going to be a solid contributor on any team he goes to. But I think Three's company is going to be the team for that. I, I like it. And you pick Jeremy Pargo in the first. I think that just adds a little bit more size to them. Yeah. I think it's a good fit for him too. I, I like what Mo brings to the table. Okay. And then now for me, you know, this is one same mentality. I had Trilogy taking Bobby Brown. We're going to get all the – I really like the idea of Trilogy just becoming like the G League Ignite team for the yeah. big three. That's what I was thinking. It's funny. It's funny that you said uh, – my audible actually ended up matching what you already had. Your set play there. It did. When you played that, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I have the same thing. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I, I think it's – I kind of think it's just a no-brainer. And if he doesn't, he's going to go one pick later. So No, I agree. Um, and then for me, for at 16, for enemies, I have a guy who I've been calling for a while. Um, I think we're going to go back to that Wizards connection. I got to Sean Stevenson. You're already typing it out. Yeah, because uh, it was hard for me not to pick him in this draft either. But – that's interesting. You know, I, I think Jermaine Taylor – to me, Jermaine Taylor and Deshaun Stevenson are like like, like tied in a lot of ways. Very similar mm-hmm. stories, kind of been on, been on ball hogs, had to come through adverse situations. Um, but, you know, I, I think that enemies is really going to be a spot for him where we could, he could really compete for a playoff spot. Thank you, Sean. It was a perfect pick. <laughs> You've been saying that. You thought he was going to be a co-captain, so I'm not surprised. I thought he was going to be a co-captain. I think he's a co-captain type player. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited to see. Uh, got the two for one. I'm excited to see what you pick at Aliens here because I had a lot of trouble with them personally. I had a lot of trouble too just because, first of all, we didn't find out who their captain was until like two weeks before the draft. So I have no idea where they're coming from. They say they want a guard, but, you know, Greg Oden, I know Greg Oden was there and at the combine. Like he's excited to be captain. He's ready to go. Uh so for me, I have them picking – I got, gave them the guard in New Williams in the first round. So I have them picking a guy that we're very familiar with. I have Vaughn Wafer. Ooh, I got Vaughn. I think, you know, another – another add some height off the bench with Greg Only you already have as well as a scoring uh, option. So, 
you know, I, I'm excited for what Von Wafer could bring. And I think uh, I think he's going to be a good pick for aliens. I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong and, you know, add a little size to him, add a little length. And, you know, I don't. we'll see what aliens got this year. I'm excited to see what they look like. I like it. Three more picks for you here. Uh, right. Three-headed monsters, another one I'm interested to see where you go. Another team I feel like that's hard to decide for. Hard to decide for. And so to me, I took a guy that, again, now it's funny. I've said this for both three-headed monsters pick. I like the guy. I don't know if I like the team just because I'm I'm a full believer in that Reggie Evans is the best big man in the league. But we have also seen them historically go take other bigs like Larry Sanders last year. I know. But, you know, I feel like, you know, Larry Sanders had limited run, sort of had like a limited role. So that's why he was really, really wanted to get co-captain at Tri-State. And he's really going to have an opportunity to be the primary big on that team. So I'm thinking to myself, okay. You look at the way three-headed monsters is constructed. They have Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. I gave them Tony Roten. Those are their ball handlers. Rashard Lewis is their scorer. You know, they need someone who, you know, more size, right? That's what my gut's telling me. And someone who maybe doesn't have to play as big of a role as Larry Sanders. And that, to me, is a prospect I'm super excited about, which is the seven-foot-three Mamadou Ndiaye. Oh, wow. Mamadou. Mama do. I don't even know if I'm going to spell his name right, but I'm going to shoot for it. It's D I A Y E. I was close. I got Mama do right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is he seven foot three? Seven he's foot taller three. than that, right? He I might be he seven has... foot six. Actually, is he Taco's height? He's seven six. I think he's seven six. Yeah. Okay. So that to me is someone. Listen, you're playing three v three half court basketball. The dude is seven six. Don't overthink it. <laughs> He just like the problem for me with Mamadou. I think size is great. I don't know if he's going to be able to move. Like they're just going to run him in pick and roll so much, and defensively he's going to just cut stand the in the paint. Just stand in the paint, make him. And shoot. then they're going to. He's going to. He's going to be tall enough to. Yeah, he's going to swat it paint. out of the air. <laughs> hey, I like it. I thought about it too. Um, that's my justification, but I think I think yours makes plenty of sense too. And and like like you said, I feel like they're not going to like. It, the game is only to 50. It's like you don't need a super deep rotation all the time. You you have Reggie Evans. If they're yeah. running the pick and roll, they're running you off the floor like that. They have Reggie Evans. But we saw the way that Greg Oden came off the bench and helped aliens. And th- this is like on steroids with Mamad- Mamadou. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm glad I've seen that for the end three. of the season. Um, all right. 19. Do I even have to say it? Put it in there. Yes. Same mentality or did you have a little Same bit different? Same mentality, man. Same mentality. We don't even have to go over it again. Same mentality. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we were on the same page. I like that we were on the same page a lot more in the second round because I'll we, be honest, I did not think we would be. We both want to see Balut succeed, man. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. That's big facts. All, All right. right. So number 20, 20 for me is somebody who – you know, we talk about this culture that ghost ballers seem to establish, and that's one of um, promoting their guys, sticking with their guys, rewarding their guys. We saw it with Mike Smith. We saw it with Chris Johnson. I think even Craig Smith, to me, is someone who, like, needs a home. So they're like, we're bringing you in to, like, the ghost ballers family. Uh, so for me, that is bringing back Alex Scales. Hmm. See, I thought about that too. Ooh. See, they really are like the family of the league, right? Like Power's got like the culture, 
they seem to be establishing that. Ghost they Ballers really is like do. the family of the league almost. Like it's our guys. We run with them. It doesn't matter what year it is. Yeah. Uh, Sean, like- Sean asked an excellent question. I kind of want to address this before it gets cold. But Sean says, "What's your starting three for Ball Hogs?" To me, based off this draft pick, it's Barbosa, um, Spencer Hawes, and Balut. Well, who do I have? Who do I give him? Actually, wait. I'm sorry, Jordan Meeks. And then with Scal and Balut off the bench. And then if Balut wants to slide in there into that point guard role, I think he can. But well, you know, Rick Barry did say that. He's a guy who he thought would make the team better because he would initiate the offense. He would make good passes for him, yeah. score a little bit, shoot the three. So I feel like Blue could be a starter because he'd want him to initiate the offense a little bit. But I think Barbosa and Hawes are going to be the starters. It's just a matter of which draft pick are you going to start out and who do you want coming off the bench? Yeah. Good question, though. Excellent like question. I hope Ballhawks at least contends. That's all. I'm hoping for more than two wins which I think they have a very strong chance of doing. All right. That's our mock draft here. Uh, we've made our picks. You have a grade? Do you have a grade for me? A grade on your second round. I feel like I want to give you a higher grade because I like the ties you made with some of the guys that we're fond of. And I think you didn't just do it in the sense of like, oh, I like those guys. I'm going to put them there. You did it in like a – a strategical way, like it makes sense for them and why they yeah. would do it. So I'm going to give you an 8.75, just short of a nine. Okay. Okay. Um, because I'm not a huge fan of the Mamadou pick, but that, that's okay. <laughs> that's our, no hate on Mamadou. I think it'd be fun to see him in it. I don't I just, love the team. I don't love the team. I love the player. I don't know if I love the team. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's going to conclude our first live stream. Our first mock draft. That's, you were doing live, <laughs> you know, really the first live anything for us at the fourth man. Yeah. Um, we did a mock draft a while ago, but it wasn't a super mock draft, you know. This is the it, super mock draft. The super, super mock draft. draft. Um, I wish that I could make this like presentable a little bit more. Well, you uh, could present it now, right? That, that's where I'm going. Oh. Yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> I know, my dog's pissed. Bark at me. Uh, okay, apparently I don't know how to work Google Slides, so... <laughs> We're not going to present it. So from a, uh, a watching, a viewing perspective, I apologize. But, um, yeah, let us know what you think, whether it's in the comments on social media or it's just on YouTube. Uh, do, do you guys think this is realistic? If this is realistic at any point, do you, which team do you feel like came out the best? Who won Who won the Super Mock Draft? Will or, uh, Will or me? Who did a better job, you Ooh, think? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I think uh, – that goes without saying. Uh, Sean agreed that Blue, Barbosa, and Haas is good. And I agree with that as well. I really like that squad. But I agree that the winner goes without saying. The winner goes without saying that it's already been concluded. It is decided. I'm saying but, what you said. You said who had a better mock draft. And you said oh. I think that goes without saying. I said I think it goes without saying as well. Oh, okay. Understood. Uh <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little confused, but maybe that's just in my head, trying to wrap everything that we just picked, that we just did. So, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Uh, feedback would be great if you like yeah. these live streams or not. I do want to make an announcement for those yes, who are still tuned in and watch. We are going to be doing a live stream during the day of the super, dra- the real super draft of the big three next Monday. That's 
June 14th. It's going to be on Triller, I believe. Appreciate that, Jordan. We appreciate the love as always. Um, we are going to be doing a super live draft. It's going to involve Will and I to an extent. Will is obviously going to be busy with the Big 3 News page. Um, we're going to have a couple other people on our panel, including a player, maybe two if we're lucky. So just stick around or not stick around, but make sure you're following our social media pages. And that announcement will be made, if not tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, we will announce who will be on the panel and more details about it. Again, we appreciate it, everyone who tuned in, and we will see you guys a next time. Yeah, and if, if you missed any of this, by the way, this will be out in a video and podcast form, right? Absolutely. So if, you, if you joined us late, you know what I mean? Absolutely. If you want to hear our takes on our first rounds or whatever, if you ended, had to leave early, whatever, this will be out like a normal episode. 100%. And we'll, we'll also post the, the results of our Super Mock Draft as yes. well, give you a better idea um, and how the teams will look and everything. So we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Make sure to follow us on all our different platforms, whether it's from your favorite podcast platform, on YouTube, on Dash Radio, and the Nothing But Net channel. Appreciate you guys as always, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.